together. Number 549 in your red hymnals, the doxology. came to Jesus asking, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a child and had him stand in front of them and said, Remember this, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who humbles himself and becomes like this child. And the person who welcomes in my name one such child as this welcomes me. Some people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands upon them and pray, but the disciples scolded those people. Jesus said, Let the children come to me, and do not stop them, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And he placed his hands on them. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 452, Living for Jesus, a life that is true. Number 452, Living for Jesus, a Life that is True. Living 
join me in prayer this morning. Our gracious God, we come before you with all of the needs and requests that we have in our lives. And Lord, we just lay them before you. God, we'd ask that you would hear all of our individual prayers and that you'd also hear our collective prayer as one body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we think of the needs of fellow patients here. We think of the needs of friends and of family members. We think of the needs of family members that will be visiting here today as they're visiting their loved ones. We think of the employees that are working throughout this medical center today. We lift up their prayer requests to you as well. And God, as we come before you, we would just ask that you would continue to open our hearts and minds to our act of worship before you. Because God, we do praise you. We do thank you for all of the things that you have done in our lives and the things that you're going to do. And God, we would ask that you would help us to understand those things according to your will and according to your purpose. And Lord, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn this morning is number 457, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less.
scripture reading this morning is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for what you have done already this morning in our lives to remind us that we need to have constant devotion to you in all things. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, here we are on number four of our eight things to give up for 2016. So, so far we have covered doubting yourself, negative thinking, fear of failure. Today we're going to talk about criticizing yourself and others. And then the other ones, negative self-talk, and if we get to it, procrastination, fear of success, and people-pleasing. So, th- so this morning, criticizing yourself and others. Just yesterday, I was over visiting uh, my son and, and his wife and their three children, three of our grandchildren that we have. And the youngest of all of our grandchildren, his name is Benjamin, and he's about a year and a half. And for some reason, he thinks Grandpa is cool. And I'm okay with that. In fact, uh, last week, my daughter-in-law gave him some options in terms of what he wanted to do. Would you like to go home and play some games? Would you like to go with me so we can go to the one school here and help your sister do some of the things that she does? And he goes, go Grandpa's house. Goes Grandpa's house. So he did this several times this week, and so I got the message that somehow I need to come over and make contact with my grandson. And so I came in to the house, and you ought to see the smile on him. And right away, he's saying, Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa. And he wanted me to pick him up and hold him. In fact, they were actually playing some rock and roll music in the house, and we started dancing together, if you can understand that, right? So we're having a good time, and he was just smiling. He was just having a great time. And you know, I was thinking about what we were going to be talking about this morning and criticizing yourself and criticizing others in the scriptures that we just read this morning about comfort. And the reason why he felt so good about being with me is for some reason I provide him comfort and security in our relationship. And he doesn't go to many people. He's one of those kind of kids who's very picky, right, in terms of who he shows his affection to. But Grandpa's okay. Grandpa's cool. He's okay with Grandpa. And I think a lot of times when we look in our own lives, we look for the same comfort and security as my grandson looks for. 
Now, obviously, in one sense, it's different because he's a year and a half years old, and perhaps we are a year and a half years old in our mentality sometimes. I don't know about you, but sometimes I do act like a child, right? But you know, the same thing applies to us. In all that we do, in all the relationships that we have, we want to have security and comfort. And I don't think any of us would dispute that, regardless of where you come from, your culture, your belief system. All of us want to have security and comfort in all the things that we do and all the relationships that we have. But what happens when we don't have that security and comfort that we think we need or that we think we deserve? Well, I gave it some thought, and when I asked myself that same question, all of a sudden I realized that what I do is I criticize myself and I criticize others for the circumstances that I am in. Now, don't we do that? Think about that for a minute. Why do you criticize yourself and why do you criticize others? Because you are not feeling comforted, you're not feeling secure in what's going on in your world. And that's why we criticize. Because we're not sure about many of the circumstances that we are in. We're not sure about the many relationships that we have. We have doubt. And if you remember the first sermon we talked about, we talked about doubting yourself and why we do that. And in the same way, when we criticize ourselves and when we criticize others, we're doing so because we are insecure in terms of who we are as a person. The Scriptures remind us that in all things, regardless of what we are enduring, regardless of what we are going through, we can find the comfort in God in all things. And if we have that comfort from God, it's something that we cannot explain, we cannot put into words. It comes only from God. It is that heavenly comfort. It is that peace of mind. And when we have that, do we have any interest in criticizing? No. We don't criticize ourselves. We don't criticize others. Because we feel that sense of comfort. We feel that sense of security. That all is right with the world. In fact, when I was holding Benjamin yesterday, I just looked at him and he reminds me of my youngest son, who is his father, and I looked at him and I just thought of my youngest son when he was a child. And he too found comfort in his father's arms, just as his son is finding comfort in his grandfather's arms. And in the same way, God wants us to find comfort in his arms, in all things that we do, in all of the circumstances. In fact, my wife and I have been going through some different things, not in terms of our relationship, but some of the career things that we're working out and that we're planning. And she used a term the other day about buying trouble. Does anybody know what that means? What? Borrowing trouble. Sorry. She wasn't buying it. She was just borrowing it. Borrowing trouble. 
barring trouble when someone else makes a statement to you that has kind of like nothing to do with you, but you see something in, in it that applies to you, right? And so you borrow, you borrow the trouble that they had all of a sudden into the trouble that you're having. Borrowing trouble. And of course, when we were discussing the borrowing trouble aspects of it, I found myself criticizing myself, criticizing some of the circumstances, and then I remembered that in all things, we need to be in the comfort of God. All of us have our troubles. All of us have the things that we struggle with, that we deal with on a regular basis. But I think we need to remind ourselves that we can find that comfort in the arms of God. How many of you find when you're going into certain circumstances and certain situations, you go in there full of confidence, you know what you're going to do, you know what you're going to say, and then all of a sudden you find yourself confronted with the situation and all the confidence that you thought you had seems to disappear. All the insight that you thought, I'm going to win this argument, I'm going to say those things that I need to say to this person. And all of a sudden you have a blank mind in terms of what you're going to say. God wants us to always be comforted. And it's like that book, The Little Train That Could. Remember, he's going up the hill, I think I can, I think I can, and I had to review this, so I got it right. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, right? He gets on the top of, top, of, top of the hill, top of the mountain, and he goes down the other side, and he says, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. That's the kind of comfort that God wants us to have. We go before God and say, God, I think I can do this, but I need your help. I need your comfort. I need your strength. Because without you, I truly am lost. I truly am insecure. I truly am uncomfortable about the circumstances that I find myself in because I'm relying more on myself than on my relationship with you. And a lot of times we find ourselves in those situations as they did here under intense pressure and situations that appear to be beyond our endurance and things that are emotionally draining. But yet the scriptures tell us here that in all of those circumstances, we are to be comforted with God. We are to be comforted in the arms of God. And even though all of those troubles seem to be going on around us, and even though the situation doesn't seem to be going the way that we actually planned or hoped for. It doesn't matter. Because what we need to look for is the comfort that we find in our personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's why we criticize. That's why we criticize ourselves. I had a friend of mine years ago give me a challenge that every time I said some kind of self-deprecating remark to myself that I would take a quarter out of my pocket and put it in a jar because they guaranteed me that they would get rich on me just doing that 
And it gave me a moment of pause. Would I get rich off of you? If I gave you that challenge, that any time you thought or said something negative about yourself, you put a quarter in a jar, how much money would we have at the end of the day? At the end of the week? At the end of the month? And some of you are smiling. At the end of the year, you probably would have a lot of money in that jar. And we do those things because we don't have the confidence in ourselves. And we shouldn't. The confidence that we should have comes from God. The confidence in our lives that we are doing the right thing. The confidence that we have when we know that as we're doing the right thing and we're honoring God, we're doing so with integrity. We are honoring God with our truth. We are honoring God with the fact that other people trust us and we don't want to violate that trust. We are honoring God when we make mistakes, that we acknowledge that, and that we endeavor to get it right the next time, to do it better the next time. And that comfort that God wants us to have comes from all of those things. Because we find ourselves not insecure, but secure. Instead of those things that make us uncomfortable, we find ourselves comfortable. And it's not the kind of comfort that I'm talking about when you are a couch potato and you're going to be watching the game later on today. I'm not talking about that kind of comfort. I'm talking about the comfort that you have in your relationship with God. The reassurance that God gives you again and again and again through His Word, through the time of prayer that you have with Him, through the music that you listen to, through the relationships that you have. Do all of those things remind you of the relationship that you have with God? Do they remind you of the fact that all of your worries, all of your cares are just laid before Him and He comforts you through the presence of His Spirit in your life? Because unless we have that relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, none of us will ever truly be comforted no matter how much education we have, no matter how much power we think we can hold in our position, no matter how much money that we acquire, it's about the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ that truly makes us comforted. And once again, the relationship with God is one in which it is personal. We're not talking about an impersonal deity. We're not talking about something that created the heavens and the earth and then just left and said, you're on your own. We're talking about a personal relationship with God. And because it is personal, we have access to a strength and to a power, and I'll use the word force. I know it's been misused a lot lately but the strength and the force that God wants us to have in our relationship with Him. And we are comforted by that. 
We are comforted by the fact that God has fulfilled His promise to us to be reconciled to Him. And that promise has been fulfilled through His Son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, we find that comfort. And because of that, we comfort each other with our relationships. We comfort each other with our words. We comfort each other with our humor. You know, someone who's never served in the military, when they're around military people, when they're around veterans, sometimes we tell the harshest stories about each other, and we get on each other's case, right? And when people who are not in the military, well, you guys are pretty mean to each other, like, no, they're toughening us up. You know, for those of us that have served in the military, all that banter that goes back and forth, right? All of those nitpicking remarks. Man, if you can't stand, if you can't put up with that, how are you going to be in a stressful situation like combat or having a stressful job in the military? And I think a lot of people don't understand that. But in the same way, you and I, as veterans, and I guess I'm a veteran now, is even though we are at times, it appears to some people, mistreating one another, no, we're not. We're actually comforting each other. When we joke about the inner service rivalry that we have, right? And we make jokes about it. But that's that sense of comfort that we give to one another. Acknowledging each other's service, right? In a fun way. In a way that reminds us that all of us have served our country in different capacities, in different services. And yes, some of us have had cable TV less than others in our deployments, but that's okay. <laughs> and we have fun about that. And we comfort each other. And that's what God wants us to have. God wants us to be full of compassion in all of our relationship that we have. But we can't have that compassion unless we can feel comforted and reassured and secure in our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we do see that compassion that comes from our lives. I saw a cartoon the other day where Jesus was telling His disciples to forgive, and it was like 7 times 70 or 70 times 7. And at the bottom of the cartoon, and, and they, because one of the disciples was trying to do the math, right? It was 7 times 7. And at the bottom of the cartoon it said, don't worry about the math, just forgive. Don't worry about the math, just forgive. And God tells us, in our relationship with Him, as we know that God has forgiven us all of our sins, and I know God can do the math, but I'm thankful that He doesn't do the math with me. And in the same way, in our own lives, we need to show that compassion to one another. Because we reveal the comfort in our relationship as we show love to each other, as we show grace to each other, as we show forgiveness to each other. Because in those things, we are showing the comfort that we have in the presence and in the promises of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, 
you and I have a reference point to carry out and to do those things that God wants us to do. You and I have a reference point in terms of we know where we came from. We know what we are doing. We know where we are going. And it is because of that presence and those promises that we have taken in faith that we are comforted. And all of those other relationships that we have, we find ourselves being comfortable in those circumstances. We find ourselves criticizing ourselves less. We find ourselves criticizing others less. We always are going to criticize ourselves. But it's that point where you get into your life where you know you're doing something and you're saying, you know what, I'm just not going to do that anymore. We know we get into situations where we will be criticizing others, but you just got to get to that point where you say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it anymore because that's not me. That's not who I am. And then you find yourselves with a good attitude about life. You find yourselves with a good attitude about the circumstances that you find yourself in. You find yourself with that purpose and understanding that you've been wanting to have because all of a sudden, as the criticisms have stopped coming from you, you see the world in a different way. You see the world that God wants you to see. You see the hope that has been provided to you through Jesus Christ, and you want to share that hope with others. You find yourself praising God in all things. You find yourself praying with God, and then praying with each other, and for each other. And then you find yourself, as the scriptures have told us this morning, to pass that comfort on to others. And that demonstrates that you truly have taken all of those things in your relationship with God. You have incorporated them into your life. You make it part of your daily habits of who you are. As I was joking with you last week, one of the hymns that we sung probably took us about five minutes. And I challenged you last week just to try to spend five minutes with God every day and see what happens. In the same way, try to spend five minutes a day with God in that comfort zone. In that zone that you understand that you have the proper relationship with God, that you're doing the right thing in your life. You're managing those circumstances with the utmost integrity as Christ would do. You're showing that compassion and grace to others. And then you're being comforted by the presence of God in your life through His Spirit. And as it manifests itself, you will find yourself passing that on to others. You'll find yourself not wanting to be with people that are always criticizing others. Because if they are criticizing others in your presence, I guarantee it, they're criticizing you when you are not there. And so we find ourselves in a newness afresh. We find ourselves 
in a relationship with God that we never thought that we could ever have. And God reminds us as we give up things, right? We can't have voids in our life. And as we give up things in our life, God wants us to fill those things with His presence, with His love, with His compassion, with His comfort. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion as we publicly show and demonstrate the comfort that God has given us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious God, forgive us when we have not been in the comfort zone of your love and your compassion. Forgive us for the insecurities that we've had, the doubts that have been built up around us in our lives. Forgive us, God, for not having the integrity and doing the right thing in all of our circumstances. Because, God, we always want to look to you. And, Lord, we thank you that you have reminded us of the comfort that we can have in you. And we take this communion together doing exactly that, sensing your comfort in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together.
Our closing hymn this morning is number 458, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. Comfort us with your presence, and Lord, we'd ask that we would look to you in all things to have that comfort that reveals that relationship that you want us to have in you. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.